The main character of our test in our text, Uzziah, as a young man, accomplished perhaps more than any of the kings of Judah, definitely of the kings of Israel. However, later in his life, he transgressed. Now, what do we mean by that? Sin is any lack of conformity to the will of God. It is a failure to meet God's standards. Transgression, on the other hand, is breaking of a known law. You see, certain acts are sinful because they're basically inherently wrong. But they become transgressions when there are specific laws which God has forbidden. Thus, we can simply define transgression as crossing a forbidden line. Noziah transgression occurred when he crossed the line of worship. He failed to confine his worship to a place that the Lord had designated. Hence, his failure falls into the category of man-made worship. Looking at the background of Texas, Stevie has led us in response to reading those hours only 16 years old when the people made him king when his father was captured in battle and consequently killed by Israel. But needless to say, at 16 years old, Uzziah was not equipped or qualified to be king. So as God would have it, he was mentored by an elderly gentleman, we don't know too much about him, named Zechariah. Zechariah had a positive influence in Uzziah when he was a young man. As I was listening to Danielle and to Mary Kate, I was listening to the impact that someone who was older than they are had in their lives. And that's something, Deacon Walker, we were talking yesterday, that's missing today. That godly mentor influence in young people's lives. A lot of it is us adults' fault, but a lot of it is our young people who don't want to listen who think they know it all. Like in most cases, the tremendous success of this young king, Uzziah, can be traced back to his mentorship of Zechariah, who taught him, who trained him, who even corrected him when he was wrong. So as we examine the text this morning, and all that Uzziah accomplished, Keep in mind, the young king had wise counseling from an elder mentor. And I was thinking, along with the brothers yesterday, of Uncle Bill, as we had breakfast with him, what he had meant and how he had taught us about worship. Now, the key phrase in our text is going to be in verse 5. We're going to start with verse 6. But in verse 5, it says, as long as he sought the Lord. 
So I say to you, Danielle, and all of your peers, it's going to be some more difficult times in your life. But Leanne, as long as you seek the Lord, you'll get through it. Let's look at some of the attributes of this, this special young man. Remember, he's starting at 16. The first attribute I want you to look at with me is that he was a conqueror. He was a conqueror. I'm going to be reading from the New King James Version. And I start with verse 6 of chapter 26. Now he went out and made war against the Philistines and broke down the walls of Gath, the walls of Jedmon, and the wall of Ashdod. And he built cities around Ashdod and among the Philistines. Verse 7 said, God helped them against the Philistines, against the Arabians who lived in Ger, Baal, against the Mennonites. These actions of Uzziah were security measures designed to ensure the physical safety of the nation. The first city is the name was Gath, which is the home of Goliath. He was not the only giant. He had brothers and cousins. So in fact, what Uzziah was doing as a council was protecting the nation. You see, the walls around these three major Philistine cities were their strength and protection. And when he destroyed them, he basically made them powerless. So the first thing, he was a conqueror. And there are going to be many obstacles in your life, young people, that you are going to conquer with the help of the Lord. But not only was he a conqueror, he was an innovator. Look with me in verse 9 and 10. And Uzziah built towers in Jerusalem at the Kona Gate, at the Valley Gate, and at the Kona Bustress of the Wall. Then he fortified them. Also, he built towers in the desert. He dug many wells. For he had much livestock, both in the lowlands and in the plain. He also had farmers and vine dressers in the mountains and in Carmel, for he loved the soil. Some versions say he loved husband and he was a gardener, systematic. See, this actually shows his foresight. Not only beyond his years for a young man, but far beyond his time. What he built here was a modern day irrigation system. He caused things to grow where they shouldn't grow in the desert. But not only did he cause things to grow, he also built things that would protect what was grown, including the livestock. You see, a tower was up high and God could watch and see the wolves coming. Or they could see the privileges coming to steal. So he was a conqueror, an innovator, but I think more than anything else, he had a great military mind. He was a military genius, a military strategist. Verse 11 says, moreover, 
Uzziah had an army of fighting men who went out to war by company according to the number of their role as prepared by Jerael, the scribe, and Manasseh, the officer under the hands of Hananiah, one of the king's captains. The total number of chief officers of his mighty men of valor were 2,600. And under their authority was an army of 3,000 and 7,500 that made war with mighty power to help the king against his enemy. Then Uzziah prepared for them, for the entire army, shields, spears, helmets, body armor, bows, slings to cast stone. Verse 15 is a key point. And he made devices. King James called them engines. In Jerusalem, invented by skillful men to be on the towers and on the corners to shoot arrows and large stones. We'll stop right there and talk about that. You see, Uzziah used a different strategy of military than any of his predecessors or anybody else in the known world. You see, most people in the past had this idea to have a mighty army, you accumulate more soldiers, more and more men. But instead of increasing, increasing the number of men, Uzziah organized them in a more elite division. Sleek and fast. He adopted the idea that quality was better than quantity. Well, he didn't, and I, I can understand where he's coming from. Sometimes, if you get a whole bunch of people and none of them know what they're doing, it's better than having two people who know what they are. In addition to ensuring that he had an elite division, Azar ensured that the smaller, quicker, smaller, stronger force that he had would be victorious. And in doing so, he created a state-of-the-art weapon system. In other words, he had machines in that day. And these were machines invented to hurl heavy objects a long way. So here we got the forerunner of the artillery. They could shoot over walls. And you imagine now an army who thought, a city who thought they were protected by a wall, but here comes somebody that can shoot fire over the walls. This military might made Judah and Uzziah invincible. And the king knew it. Perhaps there was no longer a Zechariah around to teach the king how to handle success. Or maybe he was, and Uzziah now got to this point, that he would not listen to Uzziah. You see, young people are handling success too much, too quick, can be devastating. Somebody needs to talk to Ezekiel Elliott right now. I know some of you Cowboys fans know who he is. And some of these other 
rich young athletes, they cannot deal with success. And I want to caution you now, when y'all make y'all millions, you need to get somebody around you that can teach you how to handle success. So the bottom line of verse 16 reads this. So his fame spread far and wide, for he was marvelous help. I wish I could stop right there, but then it got this word, till. Till he became strong. Desire probably saw that he did all this on his own. He began to depend upon the men, the weaponry, and himself rather than on the Lord. He had done so well as a young man. But as he grew up, he got the big head. And I know some of the old soldiers here with me can attest that over the years we've seen a lot of young people come through this ministry who were doing so well, so strong in the Lord. Many of us, many of us foresaw them as being ministers and evangelists and missionaries on the gospel field. But they grew up and they got the big head. Verse 16 says this. But when he was strong, his heart was lifted up to his destruction. For he transgressed against the Lord his God. So we know he would be an equivalent saved in our day. By entering into the temple of the Lord to burn incense upon the altar of incense. The Hebrew word here strong implies strong headedness. And the urban dictionary defines the big head as someone who thinks they're all that. Meaning that they think that they are more than they are. I don't know which one of the young ministers here said this in their message when you talk about all that in the bag of chips. And they may mention that most of that stuff in that chip is air anyway. I want y'all to get this now. Uzziah was king over Judah. He was king over God's people, but he was not a priest of God's people. His big head mindset caused him to cross the forbidden line of worship. For God had ordained that only the priest could go into the temple to burn incense. But Uzziah thought he was more than he was. And when he went into the temple, he was reminded of this restriction by Azariah, the priest, in verse 18. 
But his warning, this warning to this young king who now is not as young, went unheeded. It, in fact, it was not well received. As I looked at this, I kind of thought, why did he get so upset? Because that's what we're going to see. But one thing that I saw missing, it was what I didn't see, that when Azariah addressed Uzziah, he didn't call him king. He said, Uzziah, you ain't got no business in here. You need to get out. Now notice how he responds in verse 19. Then Uzziah became furious. Some version uses rage, some wrath. And he had a censer in his hand to burn instance. I imagine in his mind, he said, you can't tell me what to do. I am the king. You see all those towers that I have built. You see all those machines I have done. You must be living in a different century. We're in the 21st century now. You can't tell me nothing. If I want to build incense, I'm the king. I can do what I want to do. Joe's on saying he had a censer in his hand to burn incense. And while he was angry, this implies while he was fussing with the priest, leprosy broke out on his forehead before the priest in the house of the Lord beside the incense altar. The Bible goes on to tell us that they hurry up and got him out and he was willing now to go out. He was willing to get where he should have been. This blatant and wicked act can be traced to a, what is called an intoxicating influence or overwhelming pride and vanity. I'm reminded of a story of a young lady, Leanne, that was raised by her grandmother. Grandmother worked hard to get her through college. And when, grandma, when she was getting ready to graduate to receive her doctor's degree in nuclear science, her grandmother wanted to come to the graduation. And she refused because she was ashamed of the way her grandmother talked. Me, Mom, you don't speak good English, so I really don't want you there. She had the big head. That's that overwhelming, intoxicating pride and vanity. Again, oftentimes, success can come too quick. So if life seems difficult for you to get where you want to go, just maybe it's God keeping you from getting the big head. According to the Jewish historian, Harry, as the king was fussing with the priest 
And the altar of incense was in front of him. And he raised that censer up to burn it. At that moment, boom, leprosy broke out on his forehead. According to Amos, an earthquake happened at the same time. He crossed the line and paid dearly for it. Many of you young people are Christians, and you know there's some lines you cannot cross. And when you do, you're going to pay dearly for it. And let me tell you something that I learned for experience. Crossing the line may be easy, but getting back across it is very difficult. Lazar was banished and spent the remainder of his life isolated from society. When he died, he did not get the burial of a king because the leprosy could not be buried in the tombs of the king. And here is his appetite in verse 22. Now the rest of the acts of Isaiah, from first to last, the prophet Isaiah, the son of Amos, wrote. What did Isaiah write about Isaiah? Some of you may know. But according to Isaiah 6 and 1, here's what he wrote about Isaiah. He said, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on the throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. It goes on about his experience, but that's all he says about Isaiah. When the king died, I saw the Lord. The people of Judah had began to place their trust, including Isaiah, in Isaiah. And in doing so, they could not see the Lord. So young people, I got a question for you. Who are you trusting? You see, some of you need to die to self. And then you may see the Lord. That's there.